0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: Tommy Ashley and Dewey Burke here post Carolina's win over Clemson. Dewey, everybody says it, but I'll say it too, death taxes, Carolina win over Clemson in Chapel Hill. Certainly interesting, at least in the second half though, your thoughts
0: overall. It was an interesting game. I was really happy with how we started the game. I thought our movement offensively was really good. We were cutting very sharply and intelligently. The ball movement was really, really solid. And I thought our attentiveness defensively was excellent in the first half. The Second half, obviously, was a little bit different. I thought we got stagnant offensively at times and even though the ball was in Joel's hands a lot and it seemed like he was holding it, I actually thought in some ways, some of the other guys on the court were letting him down just with a lack of movement. I thought we, I don't know why we we stood and watched a lot. I remember a specific possession when Luke and Garrison were on the near side of the court or the near side of the TV and they just stood there and stood there and stood there. And I'm yelling at the screen, guys move. And Joel ends up taking a contested three, but if the guys aren't going to move, there's not a whole lot he can do. So we got a little stagnant. And uh, I didn't think our defense was all that bad in the second half. We certainly made some mistakes and were slow on some rotations, things like that. And then they just made everything for a while, which uh, you hand it to them for getting that hot. They regressed to the mean and obviously we were able to pick up the win. So I thought that we were really good in some spurts. And as this team has shown, then, then we go cold and have some spells that kind of leave you scratching your head. We
1: can talk about some of the individual performances, and we will, but looking at the box score, uh, and I want your thoughts on this, you've got four guys over 30 minutes, Cam Johnson at 28, only one other player more than 10 minutes. That's about as tight a rotation as Roy Williams has had in any game. Uh, Your thoughts on that? I think Joel Berry, unless he came out at the very end, he played the entire second half. too many minutes for him i think your thoughts on that
0: i think that's right and if we dig down a little deeper if luke doesn't get hurt or take the elbow to the face and go out for five minutes with stitches he probably plays 36 minutes and garrison probably plays six or seven so it could have been even thinner uh, i do think he'll pare it down in conference play uh, i would love to see sterling get some more minutes because he's been productive when he's been on the floor and I also and what we would say if we saw this box score, you know, from the beginning of the season, we'd say, wow, Jalik played three minutes, but he's not done anything to earn any more minutes. And I think we're at a place now where, unfortunately, it, it almost seems like coach doesn't really trust him. And if he's not going to trust you, he's not going to put you out there. And so Joel's going to play 36, 37 minutes. It is too many. I did think he looked tired at times, more so in the first half. I thought he was kind of in a funk and then he got it going after he made a couple of free throws. And, and got some shots to fall, but uh, you gotta earn his trust. You know, Brandon Robinson gave us some good minutes tonight, and made a couple threes, which was very helpful, but uh, yeah, it was thin, as thin as I could ever remember, especially, it's not like anybody's hurt. This is our full team, and I guess seventh, but uh, this is our full team, almost, and still, it was a really a six-man rotation.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Brandon Robinson looked really good, made, you know, kept the kept heels going there in the first half a little bit with his shots, but let's talk briefly about Jaleep Felton. Uh, Roy Williams on his radio show said something to the effect of, you know, the guys need to grow up and, and, and learn to play at this level and all. How does one do that? A, from the coaching side of it, B, from the player side of it, when you're not getting that many minutes to accomplish the goal and then From the coaching side, you don't really trust the kid to give you the minutes that he may need to grow. How do you weigh that in your mind? That's a great
0: question. Yeah, it's a tough one because I think if Jalik was was playing really well in practice, he would earn more minutes. So it tells me that he's not doing a heck of a lot in practice that coach is saying, wow, I got to play this kid. I got to play this kid. I mean, we witnessed that last year. Luke May was so good in practice last year that coach had to play him. He had to find a way to get him on the floor, even though we had the guys that we had on our front line with Isaiah and Kennedy and and Justin, obviously, and Theo, all guys that were ahead of him. He had to find Luke minutes because he was playing so well in practice. So to me, Jalik is probably not doing a heck of a lot in practice to earn minutes. And it's frustrating because, if anything, he should be going against Joel Berry every day, all day, and just trying to get better, trying to follow Joel's lead, looking at a senior, most outstanding player in the final four. I mean, all the accolades that Joel has and the way he works, he's got a perfect role model. And he just perhaps hasn't quite figured that out yet. So if he's not doing it in practice, if he's not winning minutes with what he's doing in non-game situations, then coaches just isn't going to put him out there. There's too much at stake. Um, So it's tough. And in in his minutes today, I didn't think Jalik was that great. He came in, he turned the ball over. Uh, he was really late on a rotation defensively. He picked up a cheap foul and then coach took him out. And that was really it. So it's definitely a hard thing. And, you know, you think back in years past when it was, I always reflect on when I played, when Bobby Fraser was a freshman, there was no, there was no one else, right? I mean, it was Raymond left and coach handed him the keys and say, you're going to play 30 minutes, figure it out. That's different. You know, he doesn't have to play Jalik. Uh, At least he doesn't feel like he has to play Jaleed because of how good Joel is and how steady he is. So until he wins minutes, unfortunately, I think you're going to see more of the three to five minutes a game out of him.
1: A couple things out of the first half that I thought were surprising. I think Barry and Luke May, maybe a couple points combined, something ridiculously low, yet Carolina's up 15. Clemson's best two players will combine a couple points, two, four points, something like that, and Clemson's down 15. I think that speaks a lot to Carolina's depth, even though it didn't show that much, but Cam Johnson finally working his way in, Brandon Robinson playing like he did in the first half. Your thoughts on that? Because I think that set it up for Carolina to be able to withstand Clemson's just ridiculous shooting there for the first 15 minutes of the second half.
0: Yeah, that's right. It was nice to see because we've talked on this podcast and and worried as followers of Carolina that if Joel Berry didn't have a big night and Luke didn't have a big night, that we couldn't win. It was nice to see Kenny and Cam carry us offensively and, and Brandon hit those two shots. Uh, nice to see those guys carry us offensively in the first half and get out to a nice lead and not have to have everything come from Joel and Luke. Uh, and then the second half, both those guys got going a little bit. Cam hit a couple more shots. He was really good. I mean, his movement was excellent. He made a couple really nice passes. Probably a couple times he could have shot it again, even if it was a little contested. When you you get hot enough, coaches, you know, usually pretty comfortable with you taking a couple tough ones just to see if uh, you can keep it going. So, you know, a couple more, namely that charge he got in the in the bottom left-hand corner of the TV in the second half that he probably could have just gone ahead and shot that one. Uh, but that was important. Uh, we needed a breakout game from Cam. The podcast we did on Saturday uh, with John, I mentioned that I thought this game was coming for him soon as he continued to get his legs. So if we can have multiple guys contribute, we can be pretty tough to beat. It's it's when we go cold and when it's all on Joel's shoulders and, and now Luke's shoulders, and if they're not having a good night when we score 40-something points against Michigan State and, and Virginia, that's the team that can lose early in the tournament. The team that, that we showed tonight at, in spurts where four or five guys are making shots and we're getting close up to 90 points, we can beat anybody. So uh, the depth is a great point if they play well and if they make shots.
1: How do you explain the difference? And granted, they won at Notre Dame um, on a prayer. I tweeted right before that, you have got to box out on the last play because it's not the shot that gets you. It's the tip in off the miss. That ball falls out. Carolina steals one there at the end. And then they come out and play what I thought was a, a much, much better overall game against Clemson. Is it that big a difference on the road, or is this team just still trying to find some consistency, even though they have plenty of upperclassmen?
0: Yeah, I just it's it's a atypical Carolina team, right? It's 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 not the typical Carolina identity. Throw it inside, kill them on the glass, shoot more free throws or excuse me, make more free throws than the other team attempts and uh, get a lot of points in the paint and just beat you up physically and and run you down. That's not what this team is. I mean, I don't know what our points in the paint was tonight, but uh, I damn sure don't remember many teams in the last 10 years that shot 31 threes. But those are the shots that we get. Those are good shots for this year's team because of our makeup and our lack of scoring inside. And even Luke is our best post player. Is not really a a true back to the basket guy. He's much more comfortable turning and facing, penetrating, catch and shoot from 15 out all the way to three. So I mean we shot the ball great tonight, but this is how we're going to win. I mean, this is who we are. And then Garrison and Sterling need more time. And so until those guys are bona fide threats where you throw it in them into them on the block, and you're gonna get, you know, fifteen and eight, fifteen and ten out of one of them, and hopefully both of them at some point, this is who we are. So If you're an outside, you know, mostly perimeter-oriented team and you don't shoot the ball well, you're going to look very ordinary. Uh, You have a night like tonight where you shoot 48% from three and make 15 threes, you're going to look pretty good at times offensively. But even within this game, there was a stretch in the first half. We were stuck on 30 points, it seemed like, for five minutes because we weren't getting good looks. We missed some open threes, didn't score. Second half, somewhere right around in the 50s when we had like 53, 56 points, something like that. And they made their run. Again, we get stuck because we're not getting easy baskets inside and we rely a lot on perimeter players and perimeter shooting. So we're going to live and die by the three. I I hate to say it, but it just appears to be that way. If our two bigs play the combined 16 minutes, coach is kind of telling us by who he's putting in the game that, you know, we're going to shoot a lot of threes and try to win that way.
1: Certainly, a different Carolina team than we're all used to. To your point, on, on the box score, shots in the paint. Carolina had 13 shots in the paint and took 31 threes. I, there you go. I
0: mean, when does that ever happen?
1: Yeah, I would wager never, ever. I, seriously, I, I can't imagine a Carolina team having that big a difference on shots in the paint versus threes. Be interesting to hear some of these stat guys, Adrian Atkinson or Brian Ives, it, define one. That similar. Let's let's right, talk there about. There can't
0: be one. There can't be one time. That's astounding. I'm so glad you just brought that up. I mean, Garrison and Sterling, they shot two for three. So there's three paint shots. um Luke had a jump hook. Kenny had a couple layups. He had the one breakaway. I don't remember Joel finishing at the rim. uh He didn't. He made four threes. So there's only field goals. Theo, maybe a couple lay. I mean. It, When it's this hard to remember the easy layups or buckets that we got, that tells the story, right?
1: Absolutely. It makes for a tough, tough to box this team. It'll be interesting to watch the rest of the year. But Carolina wins. They beat Clemson. Clemson shoots. I believe they started 15 of 16 in the second half. And granted, they made some shots. But let's talk a little bit about defense, Dewey, and your take on – contested and uncontested shots because I think people that listen to this podcast and a lot of people out there don't really understand how coaches define a contested shot so I want your take on that because it's always been my opinion is if a guy's taking a shot and he gets up and he elevates it doesn't matter what you do unless you somehow block it I don't I don't think it matters you know like Dan Bonner will say oh it was a tough shot he had somebody running at him I don't think it matters when a good shooter gets up. So just explain your thoughts on that and what you saw there in Clemson's run on those 15 of 16.
0: Yeah. To me, it's all about rhythm shooters. And, you know, look, I wasn't a guy that played a lot or contributed a lot, but I was a great shooter. I know that. And as a, as a shooter, the biggest thing that you need to be able to make shots consistently is rhythm. And so if you're playing in a game and you're wide open as the ball swings to you and you're right in rhythm and you can step into it at this level, there is nothing that is going to bother you if you can be in rhythm. Now, somebody contesting your shot, being in your space, rushing your mechanics, occupying your eyes, something that messes up the rhythm and the flow of your shooting mechanics, that to me is a contested shot. Just getting a hand up a lot of times is not quite enough because if the shooter has gathered himself and caught the ball or come off the bounce in rhythm, like you said, unless you can block it, you're not going to mess him up. He's in his rhythm, and he's going to go ahead and and shoot the ball with confidence. But it's when you've crowded him, uh, maybe gotten a little piece of him without fouling him, uh, bumping him on his hip, trying to just change his center of gravity occupying his eyes, yelling something at him, whatever the case may be. If you can do anything that will slightly change mechanics, then you have contested that shot in my opinion. But I mean, I wish some guys could watch what our practices look like. And when we do dummy offense, you know, five on O and just run them through sets. I mean, I bet we shoot 90%. I mean, at this level, guys are good enough that if they're in rhythm with nobody around them, they're going to make it. And so To your point, just running at a guy and getting a hand up typically is not going to be enough if the shooter's in rhythm. And those Clemson guys had a great rhythm on that run. Uh, They still made some tough ones, yeah, that maybe were contested or had a hand up, but they made a lot of open ones. And uh, when you have rhythm, I'm telling you, at this level and and you have good mechanics, now you can be in rhythm and be a bad shooter and just not make it. But if you're in rhythm and you're a decent shooter and you've got the reps up and you've practiced – you're going to feel
1: pretty good about making that shot. Yeah, it's always fun to watch people watch guys in college or in pros warm up. They're amazed at how many they make. And I'm like, well, that's what they do. All guys at this level can make shots if they're open and in rhythm like you talk about. And Clemson just got high. And I, and I was kind of hoping, and I said this to you off the air, I was kind of hoping they would keep it up and still lose – in Chapel Hill because I don't think I'd ever seen anybody shoot like 85% and a half no, and no, still be right. trailing. But it was certainly a a thing to watch. Tell me this, yeah. streak. We all hear about it. Uh, you know, Do the players pay attention? Surely Carolina players know that Clemson's never won there. Does it come into it? And do you think maybe a Clemson player feels that or do you think Clemson feels the stress of it? um every year when they go to carolina thinking about they've never won there
0: yeah i'm so i'm gonna answer that i just have one other thought on the on the shooting stuff you know when i was playing we used to do this thing at the end of practice it was i think coach rob set up my senior year we would have shooting competitions amongst the guys that you know wanted to and what it was was 25 threes in a row from the top of the key and whoever won the day got a badge or a it was like a sticker, but it got a thing on their locker in the locker room that said they would, they won the daily competition for shooting. And, you know, so guys I played with, Ellington, Danny Green, myself, Wes, Sean, Bobby, those guys were always competing and doing this drill. I would tell you that of the 100 practices or so of my senior year, I would bet you that 80 of them, the winning score was either 24 out of 25 or 25 out of 25 shooting now that was in practice just catch and shoot open threes no nobody contesting not a game but again it gives you some insight into how good and how well guys can shoot the ball in an empty gym when there's no stress and being in rhythm i mean i mean it 80 out of 100 times it was either you had to make 24 or 25 to win the competition so it just speaks to the point we're making that these guys are really good really really good And then to your question about Clemson, you know, when I played and and I'm sure it's the same way, you don't care. I mean, it just, it doesn't matter to you. It's not something you think about. The media will ask. So you'll give a, you'll give an answer. But I said this to John on Saturday, you're just excited that it's not practice and it's another game to play. And it's a, a chance to put the uniform on and be in front of your home fans. So it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it's hard. There's enough going on in your head, trying to execute and do all the things and play hard and, be there for your teammates and listen to coach and all that stuff there's nothing in your head it's just not something that you think about or was ever talked about when I played and on the Clemson side it'd be interesting to know how Brownell approaches that does he say hey guys we're playing for the last 90 years of Clemson Tigers to finally get a win you're playing for everybody does that work? Does that motivate his team? Or does he say, okay, hey, guys, just another game. We're on the road. It's a tough environment. Let's go out and find a way to win. Only he would know that. He Only he would know what would motivate his team, and, and that's how he would approach it. But I just think it's it's a media thing, really, and it's, uh, it's crazy that they've never won. They will at some point, but uh, it's wild. It certainly is crazy.
1: Indeed it is. Carolina beats Clemson 59 in a row. Dewey appreciate you taking time to join me Carolina and Georgia tech on Saturday in the Smith center. Look forward to talking to you. Oh, you'll be there. So we won't be able to do this, but good to see good that you'll get to see the Tar Heels in person.
0: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.